Welcome back to another episode of the Only Film Fans podcast. While Comic-Con took place this weekend, we had the third entry from director Jordan Peele hit theaters, and this was Brad's ninth most anticipated movie of the year. Am I wrong, or did I get the number correct? You are correct. I am correct. Okay. So, I will go into my thoughts on what I thought about Nope, and we will discuss the deeper meanings of Nope, but in case you have not seen Brad's review of it on his YouTube channel, Let's Be Real with Brad, which you should be subscribed to already, Brad, what did you think about Nope? So, Nope, I found to be just great. And this wasn't like somebody who even had anything to know about this movie because not to brag or anything, but I went to the screening and when I went to the screening, the review embargo wasn't even up yet. So like, I didn't have like any reviews or anybody to tell me if this movie was even good. There was a few people on Twitter that were like, Oh, you know, this movie's really good and stuff like that. But that always happens, but there was no bias, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic or anything. So I really went in with a blind slate and seeing it in an IMAX screening was really cool. I think Boston did an awesome job of actually hosting that and making that happen because I actually really enjoyed this movie more because of the IMAX. I think it really enhanced the movie, but the movie itself was just so good. I really love the fact that this movie doesn't really give you answers. And to some people, it might be a criticism, which I completely understand, but I kind of like that it leaves a lot of things open, especially one of the earlier storylines that we see right in the beginning of the movie that I thought was absolutely horrifying that involves a monkey. And that was probably the most horrifying aspect of the whole film. And it was done so creepily and disturbing. And I think Jordan Peele has just done it again. I don't think I loved it quite as much as you, and the only reason I didn't do a review is because I didn't get to check it out Thursday night. I saw it on Saturday, and I had already seen a bunch of reviews on it, so I kind of was just like, eh, I got a lot going on Saturday. I don't need to set aside to do a review, but I did enjoy the movie. I walked out of it, you know, giving it a thumbs up, but it wasn't quite what I wanted it to be, and... I almost feel like that's not my fault. I feel like that's part of the trailer and marketing's fault as well. Kind of like they did it on purpose. So what I wanted was a straight up alien invasion movie, which is what it sort of is, but it sort of isn't if you've seen the movie. And I knew that there was... Like, you know, there's going to be deeper messages. With Jordan Peele movies, there's always some sort of deeper message. So I knew to expect that. But the message in this movie didn't hit me the same way that Get Out's message hit me. And the whole monkey character honestly could have been just taken out of the entire movie. I like the monkey was cool, but at the end of the day, that didn't that didn't need to be in the movie. The ending of the movie would have happened with or without that monkey being in the movie. So I feel like 10 minutes was spent on the monkey character and that whole backstory could have been taken out. That's me saying 10 minutes could have been taken out. And I feel like the movie would have been a little bit better. At first, I kind of was in the same boat as you. And like, I was like, well, what's the point of this? But 
to be honest with you, I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's because just of the way that's presented in the film, especially with a lot of themes of like consumerism and, you know, like child stars and like acting and like just being in the movie industry, there's a lot of movie industry themes going on, especially with Daniel Kaluuya's character with the horse in the beginning and being on a movie set. And also, you know, with the child actor and like becoming the star and he has like this kind of suppressed trauma that's like going on with him that we get like little flashes of the movie, like just doesn't like, explicitly say so i thought it was like really cool i also really like the fact of like how like at least for me they kind of hint at like there's something that like is going on with like the monkey or even like his dad who just kind of passes out and dies and it brings that kind of extraterrestrial kind of thing of like well why did they die and even like when the people get like sucked up into like the ship we don't really know what happens to them so i think that was kind of the whole theme of the movie where you're like you don't really know what happens and to me i thought that was really cool because i thought that was kind of the purpose and i think it was kind of executed well that's just me well i think that the biggest thing that was its disadvantage was it took a long time to actually like get the ball rolling and in the second act of the movie that to me was the more entertaining part because there was more i don't want to say action i mean there was more action but there was also more than action there was more intensity and fear in the in the second part of the movie and i just wish the whole entire movie gave me that same fear and even more action as well. But I really was tensed on the second part of the movie when they're doing their whole plan, but I wanted to feel that way the entire film. I think if the movie was shorter, I do think that this movie would probably be better. At least like 15 minutes. This movie would have been so much better. I don't know, that's just me. What did you think about the twist in the movie that the ship is not really a metal ship made out of parts inhabited by aliens, but that it's an actual entity and the ship itself is the alien. What did you think about that? I thought that was fantastic. I think that was really cool because it was definitely unexpected. It actually makes a lot of sense of like why it can hide behind the clouds and like how no one's been able to detect it because it can just kind of be its own thing and be such a strange entity and like you don't really know what it is i thought that was actually really clever and cool um it's definitely i was expecting like a twist i didn't really know like i didn't know if it was gonna be kind of a Shyamalan twist where like i don't know it was like controlled by the government or some weird shit like that but i thought it was actually really cool especially with the amazing opening credits to this movie where we see like the camera kind of zooming in inside the ship and having like the credits roll and the fantastic music uh so it kind of like added that speculation of like what the hell is this thing um it was i don't know i thought it was different but not just for the sake of being different like it actually worked for this movie yeah, the twist for me, you know, hats off to Jordan Peele for doing something different and for it actually, like, for me working. It was a twist that I didn't expect and that I don't think that I've seen that, but like, being done before where it's not actually a ship of aliens, but that it's actually an alien itself. 
I can't think of a movie that has done that before. So hats off to him for thinking of something completely original and saying, no, the ship itself is the entity living, breathing alien that eats and hunts. So I thought that was really cool. I, it kind of lost me a little bit when it like turned into like a butterfly thing and it started opening up and I just wish that it stuck to the original, you know, UFO design. And I saw a breakdown because I had to have the ending explained. <laughs> so I watched a YouTube video to help me out. And it was like the guy said, one of the things that gave it away is they let the audience know that it's not called UFOs anymore. They're called UAPs or something like that, where and it's not a flying object. It's a uh, unknown entity, like something like that. So that kind of gave it away early on in the movie to get the audience thinking, hey, this is not a UFO because it's not an object. It's an actual entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, to be honest with you, I'm usually pretty smart with that. I usually figure out movies way faster than normal people. And I didn't even like... I was saying so much about that and I like didn't like pick up on that. I don't really know why, even though it's like so in your face. And if you're really paying attention, you'd be like, yeah, this is pretty easy to figure out. I don't so in my face. And like, I, I don't know. Maybe I was just so excited. I just like completely missed that. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, it's spitting out objects that are not actually food, which plays into the quarters and metal and shrapnel in the beginning of the movie. And, you know, the shrapnel hitting Daniel Kaluuya's dad and him dying. And then, you know, the, the decoy, the decoy horse that they steal it thinking it was a horse and then spitting it back up because it's not actually a horse. And I thought that that was just really interesting that they really did play into the fact that this thing is, a creature and if it doesn't eat the right thing it's going to spit up blood hence it drenched the house in blood and it's going to vomit up the stuff that is not food and i thought that that was just so cool and different yeah no 100 i found the sequence when the entity like had hold the house and it's like raining everywhere and uh daniel kalua like drives like the the truck over i thought that was phenomenal like i even said my review remind me of uh jurassic park which i thought was like super cool and like just all the rain and just not knowing to get in there or not or get into the house i thought was like really cool it was actually really frightening and tense um i found this movie just actually kind of terrifying um just just the way he's able to shoot it and to be able to make it just feel so creepy and scary and not just relying on jump scares. Um, I really like, I, I know you weren't huge on, but like the, the monk, the monkey seems actually really terrifying to me. And it's not because of the monkey itself. It's because of just like the way it's presented. And like, it like, he like, he like hits a person and like cuts the black and it kind of does that over and over again. And then when like the monkey gets close to the kid, like under like, the the table and then just boom gets like shot in the head that or is like kind of crazy and like you just kind of think for a moment of like maybe like the monkey will actually like be nice to him and like actually come back to form and we don't really know why it did this so i don't know well i thought it was pretty terrifying the scariest things in life to me in movies is when something can actually happen in real life like you know there's more of a chance of there being a monkey that is overworked 
and you know used for amusement for reality shows and stuff just being overworked and finally breaking and killing and and attacking people that's more scary to me than jason who's died 12 times with a machete killing horned up teenagers because the monkey thing i do feel like hey sometimes we may overwork these animal actors and they're going to freak out and they even played into that with the horse in the very beginning where the horse kicked the thing because there's too many people asking too much of the horse at one time and not giving it the proper space so they kind of gave you those messages already to get you prepared for that so i do got to appreciate the fact that you know the monkey scene was terrifying but to me it wasn't necessity mhm yeah i i could i can completely understand that i I, I actually would have really liked um, Jared's like a take on this because a lot of this movie does deal with like a filmmaking process. Like, like when we had like the horse commercial or, you know, like work on that set or even like that guy that wants the perfect shot and he'll do anything to make that shot happen. Like there was just a lot to say about it. And I feel like, and I know um, Chris Duckman when he did his review actually kind of went into that and I didn't really like think about it as much. So I would like to hear Jared's thoughts. I wish he was here. Cause I think he would have a lot to say about, you know, working on a film and like diving into that aspect. Um, what did you think of the visual effects? Because I, I thought for the most part, it was actually really damn good. Well, the reason that the visual effects for a movie like this was probably as good as they were is because the visual effect department didn't get fed up with Jordan Peele like they do with Marvel and didn't get overworked because remember that story that the VFX people were quitting and refusing to work on Marvel movies? I think that that's why they looked so good. Um, The cinematography was also really well shot in this movie as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. I thought so many of the shots just really, like, just we're able to create so much emotion and be able to, like, just say everything that it wants to say without just, like, saying it. It's such a massive problem I have with a lot of modern-day films. And when when you have a film that can just respect the audience and you just know what's going on just by the shot itself, I appreciate that. There was also a Akira reference. I don't know if you've ever seen that film. Uh, it's, I have it's, not. it's a shot. It's a there's a shot of like the main character. He's on a bike and he kind of like slides in front of the camera. Uh, Kiki Palmer's character did that. And so that was definitely a direct reference. It's happened in other films, but it was definitely like more that was obvious in, in this one. Uh, the Steven Spielberg Ready Player One movie. I know what shot you're talking about now. Yeah. So it was actually really cool. I thought it was like kind of like i don't know like i knew what it was and i thought it was cool but um i i really liked also one thing um that the characters are actually like really smart they're not just like smart and they do dumb things i actually thought all the characters were smart and they actually like i don't know like actually tried to figure this thing out and like and every time that there was like any bad situation that would happen that forces like the movie to like not work it like worked for me, you know, when like, you know, the mantis was like on the camera. Like I didn't mind all that. It didn't feel like it took away from the movie. It felt kind of natural. It's just like, yeah, it just kind of freaking happened. And oh, well, like, you know, like it's obviously not going to run perfectly as it's going to. Like, I don't, they didn't have like those moments. You're like, oh, of course this happened. Of course, you know, so many movies do that. And this movie 
at least for me, didn't feel like that. I wanted to ask you about, there was one scene in the movie that everyone in my audience was actually really buying into uh, those like fake alien people that like show up in like the, like the farm. Everyone in my theater was just terrified of those things. And they did look pretty creepy, but did you expect that, that they weren't like, like, I don't know, they were like actual kids behind them? No, I thought that Jordan Peele was showing us the aliens for real. And I think that that was my dad's favorite part of the movie. And then he was really let down when it turned out to be the kids because he was waiting for an alien to pop up. Um, But that just goes into the fact that this movie is not about aliens. It's about an alien creature, but it doesn't, it's not a green little guy with big eyes, you know, and it was just really interesting you know, how they kind of just flipped the alien genre on its head a little bit and did something just a little bit different and kind of turned it into a little bit of like Jaws at the end of them hunting the creature and trying to blow it up, which Jaws is one of my favorite movies. So I'm okay with it. I completely loved it. Yeah, no, I thought that was actually really awesome. The whole movie felt very Spielberg-y with like close encounters and stuff. And I actually really like the fact that this movie doesn't feel like the whole universe fucking knows about this. Like it's only like really like a few people. It it feels small scale, but then when the action scenes are coming and like, you know, when he's like on the horse and they have all those blow up things out and they're like trying to like bait it and stuff. It felt so grand and like epic. And um, you know, it, it was just, it was so cool. I thought that was really awesome and turning it into jaws, which I, I, I didn't even think of while watching it for some reason. I kept thinking of just close encounters cause I watched it recently. So but uh, no, it was cool. And I'm glad that they tried to do something different because I really thought like by the end of the movie, they were just going to get like into the alien ship and we're going to see some weird shit and the movie ends. <laughs> I also, even though like uh, I like the movie, but I didn't love it as much as you and I probably won't be rewatching it anytime soon. I'd rather rewatch Get Out. I really appreciate the fact the Universal has just embraced Jordan Peele because of his last two movies and it feels like this is his movie and that universal said here's your budget stay within the budget we trust you and they're just there wasn't a lot of studio interference i feel like i feel like jordan peele got to make the movie he wanted to make mm-hmm. no 100 that was like a big thing that's been with all three of his films it doesn't really feel like there's studio interference like each scene really feels like it was like edited and cut out because it needed to be cut out and it just it just flows so naturally like it like watching so many movies like you start to like really pick up like on a lot of shit and like you and i really start to like see like hey there really isn't a lot of interference where some of these movies i just i flat out see like there's a whole section of the movie that should be there and they bring something up that were like uh did you mean to leave that in there where this movie just kind of flows so naturally and even if the beginning is a little boring and not as interesting you just kind of feel that this is the way the movie was supposed to be especially in the flashback sequences that i really didn't feel like were crammed in or out of place or took away from my you know love for the film it actually worked very naturally at least for me because they jump around quite a bit and it didn't take me out at all. It was very clear of what's happening in that scene. And I thought it was really cool. Wow, Brad. Yeah. So we definitely went into Nope heavily 
just then. And Jared, having been part of the crew, you know, if he was on this session of the Only Film Fans podcast, I feel like he would have really sunk his teeth into the movie of note because this was in like his top three most anticipated. So that is quite a shame. But is there any other topics that we need to discuss before we go ahead and end it out tonight? Well, I figured we could just do one more tiny topic and because, you know, we haven't talked in a while and uh, that'd be the Minions, the Rise of Gru and not about the film itself, but about this weird TikTok sensation that's actually been making this movie been really successful. And so if you guys don't know about it, which I didn't know about it, apparently there's a lot of teenagers that are like all coming to the movies and they're wearing like all suits and skirts and just you know, like how you would like going to see like a really nice, like, you know, prestigious type of film, like like an Oscars type of thing. And I guess it took so much traction that now it's a really big thing. A lot of like like very popular blogs and like, you know, CBS and all this shit, they're actually covering this topic. And to be honest with you, it's really interesting. It's like weird. I I don't know. I feel like a boomer for like not knowing about this. I feel old, even though like we're still pretty young. So yeah. Why don't you do that to like a really good movie? Like not minions minions was fine, but like, like, I don't know, but I guess I was reading too. Like I, which was the most interesting part that the people that were actually doing this only did it because they actually were like three or four years old when the first despicable me movie came out or or something like that it was like they were born in like 2000 and like four and they were like six or seven when the first movie came out and so like now they're all kind of like a little bit older that this is like their movie kind of like how toy story 4 was for me or toy story 3 you know so maybe that's what it is i don't know but it was it was something I, I when I when I went to go see another movie the next weekend, I actually did some see some teenagers standing in like the concessions line wearing the suits. I didn't say anything to them, but I was kind of laughing because I didn't think I would actually see it like in person. But it was pretty funny. I don't know anything about the suit thing and I could care less. Like I I obviously saw the trend, but I did not research why they're using suits because I just don't care. If I were to make a video, which this is actually a good video idea, I think, of like not movie trends, that wouldn't be the right topic, but just like popular movies and franchises that I just don't like or don't get. Despicable Me. I've only seen the first one and I didn't really like it. All the other ones I have never seen. I've seen the trailer, but that's it. So I did not even go see the new Despicable Me minion thing because it just, I like animated movies, but this just isn't a franchise that I feel like is for me. So I'm not caught up on the suit thing. I I don't understand it at all. Listen, the only reason why I even know about this is because uh, there was a box office report about it, and they said that the 13 to 17 year old range was the highest for like any movie where like I think it was like 80 percent was like 13 to 14, 17, which is like really high for a movie, and that's why it did so well at the box office. That's the only reason why, because I'm like, of course, Minions would do well at the box office, but it's been so crazy because 
these teenagers are literally giving this movie free marketing. And so I know I thought it was kind of interesting. So the minions, the rise of Gru today, uh, July 24th worldwide has grossed $640 million. That is, that is a lot for an animated movie like this. I thought honestly, this movie was going to bomb, but these despicable me movies man they got a fan base that i just do not get the first minions movie made 1.1 billion freaking dollars despicable me the first one 543 million despicable me three a billion dollars despicable me two almost it came within a hair of a billion dollars i i don't get it man man these minions make money they make Crazy money. They're already making the Despicable Me 4. That's coming out, I think, two years from now. Like, that's crazy. With each of these movies pretty much coming so close to a billion, it makes sense, man. Make Despicable Me 40. Like, I get it. I get it. (sighs) All right, guys. So that was the end of our episode that we haven't done in a long time. But I feel like this was a really good episode. And uh, I'm really curious to see how this sounds edited because uh, we had a lot to talk about. And I think it was really great. I hope you guys really enjoy this. I'm Brad from Let's Be Real Brad. You guys can find me at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and on YouTube at Let's Be Real with Brad. Trace, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on Instagram under Pierce Productions YT. You can also find me on YouTube under Pierce Productions. And Jared did not make it with us today, but doing the podcast is just so much fun. I know that we're not as consistent as others, but if you take the time out of your day to listen to this and you made it towards the end, deep down, the three of us just really appreciate you and thank you because... It doesn't matter if three people listen to this or 300. We just have such a great time making these videos for you. Yeah, no, 100%. uh, That is something that I really do appreciate when people actually listen to it, especially, uh, I don't know if you guys ever caught caught Trace and I on uh, Popping the Popcorns live stream uh, a month ago, which is kind of one of the reasons why I went blonde, because I have recommendations to go blonde. it was really cool just seeing so many people actually watch for such a long time. And we went for like six or seven hours and we didn't even mean to. And people just kept sending comments. And it was such a good feeling that I haven't like had before on YouTube. Like even though like, you know, we all have our own successes and stuff, but like that, even if it was like 17 or 16 people actually watching or even like 10 people consistently the entire time, was so cool to feel and i don't know so if you guys actually listen to this the whole thing and actually you know like hearing us talk it it really puts a feeling you like don't like expect you know it's awesome so thank you 